This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Finally doing the Pick'em Podcast. Oh my God. I know it's only been, what, two and a half months, but it feels like it's been an eternity. I'm so excited. I got my main man, Devin Tejada, because we always pick the pay-per-views. UFC 249 this weekend, May 9th. It's happening. I don't care what anybody says is happening. I mean, unless an earthquake or some kind of crazy earthquake tornado hits Florida, uh, mixed in with a hurricane, it's going down. They're not going to pull away from this. I am super excited. We got a jam-packed card. A lot of bangers on this card. I like a, you said earlier in our little group text. You think we're going to be having the same picks? I don't know about that. I'm seeing the board a little differently here. Maybe it's these glasses I got. I don't know. I'm seeing the board a little different. I think we're going to go. I think we're going to go up on some of these picks. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, you know, regardless, I could get every pick wrong and I'll still be happy just to watch a fight at this point. Um, the world's lucky I haven't picked a fight with my neighbor or someone yeah. yet because I'm, I'm fiending for it. I need it bad. Yeah, man. We all need it. The world needs it. There's no sports coming on. There's rumors of baseball coming up. NBA is coming back. All that shit. Doesn't matter. UFC is the star this Saturday. And we got the fights. We got uh, how many fights we got? 12 or 10? 12 fights, two title fights. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's start first. You know what, Devin? I I just looked at my notes. We haven't done a pay-per-view. Last time we picked was March 7th. I beat you. I beat you to 7 to 5. So I'm going to give you the first pick. I'm going to let you pick first. And the first fight is Ryan Spann, who's a minus 450 favorite versus Sam Alvey, plus 325 underdog. This fight's got a little juice. This has been booked three or four times. Both guys come in there to look to knock you out. Devin, who do you like in this? You like the monster? Or you like Smiling Sam? Um... I think Ryan Spann is probably going to violently knock out Sam Alvey. Um, yeah. I think Sam Alvey is very one-dimensional. Um, he likes to throw a one-two, and he's just kind of plotting. He he has decent power, um, but I'm just not sold on him. And we're in 2020. And in 2016, he had like a pretty decent run, and he was hurting people and and doing good. But I just think that um, Sam Alvey is is – He's really like a he's really like a middleweight. He's up at 205. He could definitely make that 185. Uh, Ryan Spann is a big dude. He's got big power. Um, he's six five. I don't. What's his reach? He's got a, almost an 80 inch reach. He, he's just a big dude, and I think he's going to be too much for Sam Alvey. Um, I'd like to spend more time on the other fights that are deeper sure. on the card. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to probably prompt you beforehand that we're going to probably skip some of these. I mean, this fight obviously I think it's a squash match. So you pick Ryan Spann. No surprise here. I'm going to pick Ryan Spann as well. I don't. Look, the bet this fight at all. I think Span's going to knock him out. Sam Alvey's been chinny. You're right. He's an 85 or going up to a five. He's a little chubby. Um, he's got like this weird chip. Like every time he gets knocked out, he pops up like he did get knocked out. It's like, dude, he just got flatlined. Um, he's only got a left hand. Like he's becoming the 185, 205 pound Roy Nelson. If you avoid his left hand, then you're then you're golden, right? So uh, yeah, I think Ryan Span's going to demote through him unless he gets caught, unless he does something stupid because Sam does have power. Does hasn't had a knockout in a little bit, but he does still carry that power. But like I said, I think Ryan Span's going to run through him. Not not we don't need to spend a lot of time on this squash match. All right, next up, so we're both on the same side there. Next up, you got Char- oh, good fight Charles Rosa, who's a plus one thirty underdog versus Bryce Arkansas Strong, or give me some camo shorts Mitchell, who's a minus one sixty favorite. 
I lead the dance here. I like this fight. This is a really good fight. I think it's a interesting fight to kick off um to kick off the uh um Second fight of the night. Sorry, my, my, I had a brain fart. Anyway, Bryce Mitchell's the hot guy right now. Everyone loves him. He just finished a twister. Um, he's really exciting. He's charismatic. He's from Arkansas, which no one's from Arkansas, <clears throat> besides a couple of his other teammates who haven't done so well. My big thing with Bryce Mitchell is, is I remember on the Ultimate Fighter, he wasn't great. He's primarily a ground guy. He doesn't really his, – his, his striking hasn't come a long way yet. He's tough. He's durable. He's got good cardio. But I, I worry about that gym. You know, I know small gyms are making a comeback, but I worry about that Arkansas gym down there. I think he's had good opponents so far. And I think Rosa, who just came out and, and submitted many Bermudez after a year, a couple years off, he's now with American Top Team. I think this is, they're very, very evenly matched. Um, I can understand why Mitchell has the favorite next to his name, the minus 160, because he's a more active fighter and he's had a lot of wins. A lot of people are, are replaying the camo short thing. I want Bryce Mitchell win because I want to see him uh, do the camo shorts, and I hope he fights in camo shorts. I hope Reebok step the fuck up. But I'm seeing an interesting dog play here. I'm going to go Charles Rose as a dog. I'm going to go him at plus 130. I like that number. I like his submission skills. I like his striking. I think he's tougher. I think he's fought better competition, even though he hasn't been as active as Bryce Mitchell. I think it's going to be a razor, razor close fight. I don't maybe love betting this. In a parlay, you could straight up bet it if you want. That's so it doesn't fuck up anything up. But um, yeah, I like Charles Rosa. The other I got plus one thirty. Yeah, you know you can't let a guy's mouth take over from what you've seen in the past. Um, you can talk a good game, but you got to match a good game. And Bryce Mitchell talks a great game, and he he fights a great game too. Um, he he's very grappling heavy. Um, Charles Rosa can can be the hammer and be the nail, and that's a big thing when it comes to you know this high level of fighting. He was getting beat up pretty bad in his last fight, and then and then came back and pulled that sub off. Um, so you know he, he can be the hammer and the nail. I'm gonna go opposite of you only because just for that reason. But I really do have a feeling that Charles Rosa can pull an upset. Um, Bryce Mitchell's so inspiring when he gets behind the mic, though you know. But I really do think that it's gonna be detrimental his to his career fighting out of that camp. Um, his main training partners are guys that have like, you know, 10 and 10 records. They're, they're, you know, they're not great fighters. Charles Rosa is fighting out of American top team. He's going to have better training partners. He's going to be coached better. And unfortunately, when you do come from those small camps, like out in Arkansas, Arkansas, it's, yeah, it's it's going to be hard for you to it's going to be hard for you to excel because the people around you have already plateaued. They only meet a certain level for you to surpass that level. You have to go somewhere else. Um, Bryce Mitchell's got a 12 and one 12 and one record. Charles Russell's got 11 and three record. This is going to be a really, really, a really, really close matched fight. This is besides Pettis and Cowboy. I think this is probably the closest matchup on this card. It's, good. Um, it's a good fight. The matchmakers did great with this card because there's a lot of really close matchups. There's not a lot of crazy, crazy heavy favorites. A lot of these fights could go either way. Um, I'm going to pick Bryce Mitchell, but I think you playing Charles Rosa. If you were playing Bryce, I would pick Charles Rosa. Yeah, there's a lot. I, there's a lot of fights on this card where if you go one way, I could go the other way. This is obviously one of those fights. I think it's going to be razor thin. I think it's going to be a decision. I don't see anyone getting finished in this fight. I see it going to come down to cardio. I have seen Charles Rosa gas in the past, but he has been dealing with a ton of injuries, apparently. Bryce Mitchell doesn't slow down. So it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a grapply heavy fight with the stand-up being 
a little sloppy, but I do see Rosa probably winning the stand up. But uh, it's going to be a good fucking fight. I, I mean, that's the second fight of the night. That's uh, that's going to be a good fight. Third fight of the night, I think, is going to be a better fight. Uh, Vince, Vincente Luque is a minus 300 favorite. He's fighting Nico Price, plus 230 underdog. This is a rematch. Vincente Luque submitted him. Uh, I think it was Nico's second or third fight in the UFC. It was a while ago. So the rematch in both Florida guys don't have to travel much for this fight. Uh, I believe they're both coming off losses. Is Nico coming off a loss, I think? Um, either way, Devin, you take the lead here, pal. Who do you like in this fucking scrap? No, Nico's coming off a win. He's uh, he upkicked James Vick. Did you see that the UFC is posting on their story like "Vote for best knockout" and yeah. and James Vick was to Justin Gaethje's yeah, entry yeah, and every, Nico Price's entry. He was fucking everywhere. He if he's still with the UFC, I don't know if they officially cut him or not. But if he was looking at that like on the Instagram, he's probably like, "Fuck, man." He's disappeared at this point, though. Like, he's, I don't see him on social media. I don't see any grumblings of him, nothing. He used to pick a lot. He, he had decent picks. I used to, I follow him on Twitter because he had some, it was like Vic's picks. Like, he had decent picks. He, he gambled a lot. He was a, kind of like a handicapper, but I haven't seen him in a while. He's like a hunter now. I think he owns like a, I don't know if he owns anything, but I think he's like, like a professional hunter or something. Yeah, he needs to stick to doing things that don't fire back at him. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so with this fight here, I, I think that um, I really like Nico Price. He's just a fucking wild man. He's a true Florida boy. I'm from Florida. Um, I really do like Nico a lot. If anybody's going to pull a hat trick on this card, it's going to be Nico Price. Nico Price can knock you out any which way. Um, Vincente Luque is coming off that loss to Wonder Boy. He kind of got worked pretty hard, and then that, and then I think the previous fight was the Mike Perry fight, which you could argue was a loss as well. Um, if he didn't flatten Perry's nose and all that blood, and yeah. you know, yeah, I, I feel like he probably lost that fight as well. But Vincente Luque is a really good guy. He's got good power. He's really, really technical. Um, you know, Nico Price struggled with that against Jeff Neal. I think Jeff Neal is probably a higher caliber than Vincente Luque, um, but I still think Luque will beat Nico Price in this fight, but I want to see Nico Price win because it's going to be, if Nico Price wins, it's going to be something crazy. Like he doesn't win by decision. He does something weird and hurts you in a weird way. And and that's going to, then that's entertaining. And that's why he's on this card. Um, I'm excited for the rematch. I do think Vincente Luque just Nico Price might have the power edge, but Luque is just, he's really, really technical. He's good everywhere. His standup's going to be better. His ground game is going to be better. Um, Price is going to have the power edge, but I think that's the only edge he's going to have. And I don't think um, Vincente, Vincente is, is is going to give him that opportunity for a mistake. But Vincente Luque also gets hit a lot. He does get hit. He will brawl. He will stand in the pocket and brawl. So that could be, you know, that could not be good for him against Nico Price. I'm going to pick Vincente, but, you know, I don't know the odds on this fight, but I'm assuming Nico Price is the underdog and Nico yeah, Price plus is always a good Nico's plus 230, 230 and Vicente is minus 300. That line's moving though. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I wrote these I don't down. I like that. I wrote those down yesterday. But yeah, uh, since it's been announced, Luca has been as high as 350. Uh, he's wow. 300 as yesterday. I think on FanDuel, he was in the 200. So he's a significant favorite. So I'm going to play a little soundbite here. Send him home. Send him home early. The send him home award goes to Nico Price. I'm taking the underdog. I'm taking the send him home. This is my send him home lock of the night. Nico Price, the only way he's going to win this fight is if he knocks him out. Uh, I think Vicente Luque knows that his stand up, his boxing, he's been taking a lot of shots all the way back from the Brian Barberina fight. 
I think he knows that he probably needs to mix some things up here. He submitted Nico last time. So I'm going to pick uh, Nico to come out guns a blazing Florida. They're both in Florida. So I think the, the training probably hasn't been affected yet. The travel's not going to be that big of a deal. Nico has more to win. He's coming off of James Vick. Uh, when the only problem with Nico is he wins one, lose one, win ones, lose ones. But he has more incentive in this fight because he's coming off a... He wants the rematch, coming off a big win. Luke coming off a big loss. It's going to be a fucking battle. I just see Nico at that number with the underdog next to his name uh, and with the power that he has and how fucking crazy he is. Uh, you can't pass it up. You got to go Nico Price. I think he's a big, powerful guy. You got to straight bet this because, again, uh, I think Nico, or excuse me, I think Vicente Luque is the cleaner guy here. I think he's the more well-rounded guy. I just think Nico has that it factor. He's, he's, he's crazy. He's got that fucking power. So when you, I'm going to err on the side of that when it comes to an underdog, but I also, am, I'm only going to straight play this. I won't use this on a parlay because I could fuck up your night or you could hit big on it. But I do like, I do like Nico price as an underdog and that's going to be my center home lock of the night. So I, hopefully I'll get fucking like eight points off that one, Devin. Two I underdog. hope you bet this fight and I hope you bet cash on Nico. Just like you said, I really hope you do bet this fight because um, Vincente Luque, he's a, I think he's the smarter pick, but I also think he's too fucking willing to brawl. And against Nico Price, anyone at 170 does not want to brawl with Nico Price. It's just too, it's too risky. It's, wild, it's too much opportunity. He's for, chinny for too, though. You know, I like you know that that worries me. Is Vincente hit, hits hard, really clean boxing. He gets hit a lot. He goes in there, puts his chin on the line. So is Nico Price. It's going to be a fucking battle. It really is. Okay, next up. The fight that a lot of people are talking about, which I don't actually love, it's Jacare Souza versus Uriah Hall. Jacare is a minus 135 favorite. Uh, Uriah Hall is a plus 105. The line's a little skewed to me. Um, Jacare is coming off several losses. I understand that. It's a fucking pandemic. How much is he training? He does train in Florida, but I think his wife's cornering him. None of the cornermen from Orlando are coming up there. Um, it's interesting to me. I lead the dance here. I just don't like Uriah Hall. That's plain, plain point and simple. I just think the guy has a lot of potential. We impressed people in the Ultimate Fighter, and then he fucking peaked. You haven't heard from him since. I know he knocked out Gegard Musasi, which was impressive, but that was a fluke. Gegard got that win back. Um, he looked okay against Paul Acosta, which literally that's his claim to fame over the past couple fights. He looked okay against Paul Acosta before he got knocked the fuck out. You know what I mean? So Jacare is a little wild on the feet when you stand up. He he can be a little reckless, but I do think that if he gets his fight to the ground, it's going to be over. I think Jacare is better everywhere besides the feet. Obviously, I think uh, Uriah has a problem pulling the trigger. I'm actually really surprised that Jacare is this low. I get it. Coming off quite a few losses. He's getting up there in age. But I just think Ryle stinks. I'm going to go uh, Jack Ray here for the big W. I think he's going to get a finish too. Yeah, and look at the rankings. For some reason, Uriah Hall is ranked number 10 and Jack Ray is ranked number 14. This is on the UFC site. I'm looking yeah. at it. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Uriah Hall has all the ability and all the technique to be the best striker at that division. Like he could – he he's really good, but he just can't ever get his mind right. He can't pull the trigger. In the Paula Costa fight, he fought well. Um, he hurt Costa, but then he ended up getting taken out. Jacare has the ability to just bite down and go. He he gets hurt, but he can really take a shot. Like in the Chris Weidman fight, that was like a big back and forth brawl. Chris Weidman had him hurt a bunch of times, and he ended up finishing Weidman. I think I think Jacare probably he's probably the harder puncher. He's probably got equal chin but he's definitely a better grappler he's definitely got a better ground game i want uriah hall to win this because i just uriah has a special place for me i think his striking is so crisp and good 
Um, but I'm going to pick Jacare only because it's the smarter pick. I think Jacare has more to prove. He fucking laid that terrible egg against Jan at 205, so he's come back down to middleweight. Um, Jacare's got something to prove. Uriah Hall's been living in his gym like alone by himself. I don't know if you've seen any of that. I have it. I don't he, follow him. Why do? You, let me ask you. Why do you like Uriah Hall so much? I, I, I like Uriah stinks. Hall just just because I you know I understand the way his I understand how you know he can suffer from anxiety and all the shit he suffers from and 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 you know be worried about going into fights and I think his stand up is just really really I think his stand up is really really crisp and that's what I like about him. Um, and there's just certain fighters that you like. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I, 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 did, know. I didn't know you like Uriah Hall so much. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I'm the complete opposite. I've never liked him. Even from the Ultimate Fighter with that crazy kick, I'm like, yeah, fuck this guy. You know, fuck this guy. Kelvin beat him, and I didn't like Kelvin either. I, I hated that season. But yeah. So you're, are, are, are you going to, I forget what you said. Are you rocking with your man? I'm going with Jacare. Oh, you got to rock I think Jacare is going to probably, um, I think that they'll strike for a little bit, and then Jacare will try to push him up against the cage and, and grind on him, kind of what he's trying to do to Jan. Um, if he's not getting finished by Jan Blahovich, he's not getting finished by Uriah Hall. No. You know, that's, the thing. I Uriah, mean, that's just being real. My biggest beef with Uriah is he's very, very talented on the feet. I've heard stories. I've seen videos of him sparring guys. I mean, he's elite, elite. But when he gets in there, it's it's just something's holding him back. You said it's the anxiety, possibly. Um, if he had got over that, he'd be great. And then, you know, and then I don't know. You know, I just, I've never really gravitated towards him. But yeah, so you're, you're on Jockery as well. Okay. I'm on Jockery. Next up, female fight, Carla Spars, who's a minus 155 favorite. She's fighting Michelle Waterston, the karate hottie, plus 125 underdog. Good, good competitive fight here. Devin, who do you got in the 115-pound division here between the late days? Can you run that those numbers again? Yeah, quick? Sparza, minus 155 favorite. Waterston, plus 125 undie. The undie dog. Yeah, I'm going with Michelle Waterston. Whoa, not even thinking about it. He's on the yeah. board. I don't know why Carla Esparza's game is very, very grappling heavy. But if you look at Michelle's Michelle Waterson's recent, you know, her recent fights, she's become a lot more grappling heavy. I, I think um, tit for tat, Esparza is probably a better grappler. But I think that uh, Michelle Waterson has way better stand up. And I think she's going to defend some takedowns and and uh, fuck her up on the feet, man. That's that, If you got a text, that's for me. I meant to text it to my wife. I'll bring you a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cottonmouthed over here, man. I'm trying to stay yeah. trying to stay away because she's packing on night. Yeah, uh, so you you were you went off right at the with without hesitation, you picked Michelle Waterston. I, the, my biggest re- reservation with Michelle Waterston is I think she has good striking, but I don't ever see it. Like well, who is she's knocked out, right? Lately, I feel like she's been really ground heavy and she's been really good grappling based. Um, I was surprised she's this big of an underdog, but then I looked up Carla Sparza. She's got some decent wins. Former champion. I've been on the wrong side of Carla Sparza a lot. I have avoided betting her, but she's got a good win over Alexa Grasso, Vina Jarabo, whoever the fuck that is. Then she lost to Tatiana Suarez, and I think she beat Claudia Gadela. So she's got some good wins. Michelle Watterson's coming off that war with Joanna, uh, and she looked fantastic in that fight. Show toughness and everything. But I've never been super impressed with Michelle Watterson. I know she's she used to fight at 105 pounds. She's an animal weight she's went up to 115 um i just never been overly impressed with her i've been burned by carla in the past 
Uh, I think she's a good grappler. I think her striking's come a long way. She's very slow, though. I think Michelle could open up on the feet with the kicks, straight kicks, push kicks, um, even with the hands and stuff. But I really feel like Carla's going to be able to close the distance, and once she gets her hands on Michelle, be able to take the fight to the ground and really control it. Michelle's not great off her back. Carla, I think, is really tricky on the ground. She has good submissions everywhere. I think she'll control the top, and I think uh, she'll kind of smother Michelle Watterson, kind of like what we've seen in the past. I'm going Carla Sparks here. I'm going the favorite. I was a little thrown off by this line as well, but uh, yeah, I just think that it, it, I think it's a matchup based line. Vegas is trying to get action on both sides. I understand it, but yeah, I mean, this is why you know we we do these podcasts because we split. You know, you're taking the under, I'm taking uh, Carlos Esparza. All right, next up, you got Fabricio Wadum making his return, minus three thirty favorite versus Alexio Lenick, plus two sixty <coughs> underdog. This line was tough to find. This isn't on a ton of stuff. I had to look this up on Fanduel. Um, Listen, I'm not going to spend a ton of time in this fight. Listen, Alessio Linick, I think he's 40-something, but he might as well be 60. The guy's bones don't move. He's old as shit. He moves like a T-Rex. He's got, like, two good submissions, and it's basically just, let me squeeze your head till it pops the fuck off. That's not going to work with the Doom. The only question I have with Doom is he is coming off a PED suspension. How long has he been on PEDs, and is it a thing for him? Is him not be able to fight without it? so forth but i do think he's very underrated he is also in, in that age bracket too he's about the same age as olenic uh he looks way better maybe because he's on peds or was on peds excuse me allegedly uh i don't know if he ever came out and admitted it but uh how was he 42 how was olenic let me look that up because i could if someone told me he's 60 i believe it oh he's they're like the same edge now the 42 they're both 42 really yeah uh, I don't like Redoom this high coming off this long of a layoff, but I think this is a perfect matchup for him. I really think he could knock out fucking Olenek. I, I, I don't think this might even might not even touch the ground. I think he's going to knock out Olenek. I think he's going to fucking piece him up, put out the old Russian bear, and uh, I'm not touching this fight. Parlay, straight up, nothing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid this with all costs. But, yeah, we're, uh, Fabrizio doing big time in this fight. Sadly, you know, um, because you can't not like Alexei Olenek. Like, he's got no technique in the stand-up it's never come it's never come along he just kind of throws like big weird looping shit he knocked out travis brown which i liked um yeah i i really think that um i really think uh where doom is gonna walk through him i don't like fabricio i i said that in the, in the last podcast i just don't like his mentality and when guys test hot for peds this late in their career it's like you've been doing that shit your whole career man you just got caught now. Right. You don't just jump on the train, you know? Right. Like, DC has never used PEDs, and he's not going to start tomorrow, right. you know? If DC starts showing up ripped, he's on some shit, okay? You know, and just like with Fabricio, I, I don't, you know, I don't love the guy. I think he's definitely the better fighter. Um, He's he's definitely beat the better names. He's beaten Kane. Um, he's beaten a lot of really good guys. He's he's has a long, they both have long, lengthy careers. I just think Fabricio Redoom has been fighting the top-tier talent a very large portion of his career. Um, he's got better stand-up. He's got better grappling. Do I want to see Alexi Olenek win? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not, unless he catches him on the feet with something heavy. Um, I, I think Fabricio is probably going to TKO him. But you don't know how he's going to look coming off the suspension, coming off the PED thing. He's either going to come out fire fucking hot and look super great, or he's going to look like shit because he's not on PEDs anymore. Yep. Um, e- even in... Even, looking like shit and not on peds i'd still i'm still picking him to to beat alexi um but i do want olenic to win big time i'm just a fan of his like how could you not like the guy he's i don't like him how do you like him 
he just he's just got no technique. He just fucking shows up to fight. You know, he doesn't give a shit. He's old as shit. He doesn't you, need this. It's you weird because you like you like Uriah Hall because how good his technique is. And then you like Olenek for how bad his technique is. You got a real wide spectrum. Alexi Olenek could never fight in the UFC, and I, I would sleep well at night. I, that's what I'm going to say. He's got like 100 fights. And that fucking like, haircut? Is, Come on, man. Dude, his record is bizarre. And that's another thing I like about him. Just 58, 13, and 1. And I think he's got like kids like in their late 20s. Like He started having kids oh. when he was like fucking 7. They're fucking in Russia. Yeah, that guy... How that many- guy how many like fights do you think he has like in total though like outside of his professional record uh <laughs> a lot oh, oh too many at least another hundred i don't know about that i mean he grapples too like he grappled Gordon ryan like right after his like fucking knee surgery because walt harris hit him and folded him in half like a goddamn accordion and broke his fucking old ass leg and that's and, what I'm worried about. And man. then, like six worried. months later, he fucking goes up against Gordon Ryan, who will take your legs off you with 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 fucking good ankle locks. All right, so we're both on we're doomed. Let's let's quit talking about Atlantic. This is a big fight. This is the headline pay per view fight. This is going to be our YouTube pick of the week. Let me make sure we're recording and we are. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There it is. Okay. This is going to be our YouTube pick of the week. Here comes a little jingle from a buddy of mine. Here we go. MMA takes YouTube pick of the week. That's right. MMA takes YouTube pick of the week. This one, we're going to go Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Devin's laughing at that. That was my buddy doing an English accent over some 80 cents beats. I love it. Uh, YouTube pick of the week. It's going to be Donald Cowboy Cerrone plus 115 against uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis, a minus-145 favorite. Good, good fight. Prelim, main event on ESPN before the main card. Devin, it's your lead, pal. Uh, This is a tough one. That's why this is a good fight to pick. Both big stars, both fading guys, both guys who have fought before. This is a rematch. Who do you like between Showtime and old cowboy? I don't really want to see either one of these guys lose at this point because this is kind of like make it or break it for either one of them. Um they're going to go from the names to a has-been. Whoever loses this fight is going to be the has-been. Oof. They're going to they're going to be the they're going to be the card filler and they're going to be the, you know, the they're going to be the test subject for new talent unfortunately. Um it's just like a gatekeeper role. Um Cowboys coming off rough losses. Anthony Pettis is coming off that that loss to uh, Diego Ferreira, but people are sleeping on Diego. He's actually a lot better of a talent than at least I believe he's a really good talent. Good. Um, solid, solid prospect. He, like he poses a threat to everybody at 155. Um, he's got a great gas tank. He applies great pressure. He's got great grappling, good striking. Um, he's got a good chin. And th- those are the reasons why he beat Pettis. If, if Pettis doesn't get his way in the first, you know, first half of the fight, he, kind of just throws it to the wayside and then accepts the loss. Um, I think they both have pretty similar opponents. Um, Pettis hurt him to the body. I think Cowboy's at the point of his career where now his chin is just as bad as his body. And I think Cowboy, they're both glass cannons at this point as well. You know, Pettis, Pettis doesn't have the same chin problems or the same, or the same, you know, weakness to the body that Cowboy does, but he's brittle and frail. Like he, you know, he's got big power, but he breaks his hand on Tony Ferguson's chin. You know, shit like that happens. I think Pettis is going to take this fight. I Ooh, think Anthony P. All right. 
Go just ahead. Look tell at me the why. Wonder tell Boy me fight. why. You know, he was like, losing the Wonder Boy fight. It's not about him. He was definitely losing the Wonder Boy losing fight. But how much? How much punishment did he take? Cowboy couldn't take that punishment, and I don't think Cowboy has the ability to deliver as much punishment as Wonder Boy has. And I think that's a big, big, big factor in picking this fight. Like who can take the punishment? I think Cerrone. I love Cowboy too. I, I really do. I like. I like both these guys. I, I grew up watching these guys. Um, I just think Pettis still carries enough power to hurt Cowboy. Pettis starts fast. Cowboy starts slow. I think by the time it can go Cowboy's way, it'll just be too late. Devin, I got a question for you. <clears throat> do you like dogs? Dogs. Dogs. You like dogs? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dogs. This is my underdog lock of the night. I was so glad that you picked Anthony Pettis. I am so confident in Donald Cerrone, and I'll tell you why. He's the short notice guy. He's the guy to get ready. Milwaukee's locked down. Anthony Pettis gasses in all his fights. He's at 170. They don't have to cut weight. Donald Cerrone does not stop training. He got embarrassed by Conor McGregor. That hurts him more than any of the other losses, getting knocked out in 40 seconds. Anthony Pettis is flashy. He's got the Wonder Boy knockout that kind of propelled him, but he's lost to Nate Diaz unconvincingly, and he lost to who else did he lose to just recently? Diego uh, Ferrer. Diego Ferrer, where he submitted and just gave up. I think a short notice fight against a guy like the old Cowboy, it's going to be something else. I think Cowboy's got to be careful in that first round with the body kicks, with the with with the striking. Anthony Pettis is powerful. He's going to rip Cowboy the body. Everyone knows Cowboy gets hurt to the body. He's been hurt to the body in, in numerous fights. Um, Cowboy obviously is going to be aware of that, but the short notice Cowboy, you cannot bet against this guy. Plus 115, you bet the house on him, you take your money, and you put it on Cowboy. That's what you do. You take a bank account, put it on Cowboy. I think he's going to win big. I think he's actually going to finish uh, Anthony Pettis in the third round. I think Anthony Pettis is going to gas, completely gas. At 170, short notice, Anthony Pettis isn't a short notice guy. Um, and I don't, I just, I, I don't like him at 170. I think he's a little too loose. I think he's not that big. I mean, he's not that big of a guy. I mean, this is a guy that cut down to 145 for Christ's sakes, for crying out loud. So Donald, Donald Cowboy Cerrone is going to finish Anthony Pettis in the third round. I don't know what that prop bet is for the finish, but whatever it is, invest in it and put some money on it because that is my lock of the night. My underdog lock of the night, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And that was the MMA takes pick of the week. And uh, keep listening to the podcast, subscribe to it, and we'll have the rest of the card. There you go. There it is. All right. All awesome. right. That was good. That was good. We'll see how that turns out. I'm going to edit that tonight. Podcast will be out tomorrow. I'm not going to wait till Friday. I'm going to put the podcast up tomorrow because, I mean, there's nothing else to listen to. Uh, we should do this off air, but I'm going to do, do it while we're recording. And then, uh, yeah, so that's it. God, these glasses hurt my ears when I'm fucking wearing these headphones. All right. I got a question for yeah, you go regarding shoot, shoot. Pettis. What round did he finish Wonder Boy in? Second. Second round. It was second round? Yeah. Okay. Or it I might wasn't he, sure. It, I think it was the very end of the second round. It could have been at the very end of the I, think, I thought it was the third round. No, second round. The very second end round? of the very end of the second round. Yeah. Cause he was getting dominated most of the fight. His face is all busted up and then fucking right off the cage, knocked out Wonder Boy. Yeah. End of the second round. I I thought it was either a second round or third round. But look at him against Ferguson. I mean, he quit. I know he broke his hand, but he quit. 
He quit against Diego. He quit against Nate, you know, but he didn't really quit against Nate, but he did. Broke his foot and all that stuff, but he didn't really break his foot. I just question the guy's heart, the mental. I think he made it to the mountaintop. I think he got the title. He defended it once, and that's good enough for him. He's going to go down as a UFC champion, the guy that was on the Wheaties box. I think he's okay with that. Right now, he's fighting for paychecks, and I think he's going to go in there. When the tough gets going, I think Cowboy has so much more to prove after getting embarrassed by Connor. I mean, that's like... I thought Connor was going to win. Obviously, I didn't think it was going to happen like that. No one puts Cowboy out like that, right? That was embarrassing. Cowboy froze. I think this is good. This isn't a main event. This is going to be a, obviously a big, high publicized fight. So this is going to be the main event on ESPN, which a lot of people will watch when buying the pay per view. But uh, I think Don, I'm betting on Donald showing up for this fight. I really am. And I like the matchup for him, too. When they fought the first time, I thought Cowboy was going to win. And that's when they both were in their prime. And uh, I've never been a huge Pettis guy, but obviously I was wrong about that. So let's not bring that up. All right, main card time. <laughs> Five fight main card. Kicking it off with the big boys. Greg Hardy, minus 200. That piece of shit. He's fighting Jorgen DeCastro, plus 160. Um, you led that time I lead this time. Listen, uh, everyone knows I don't love Greg Hardy, right? He earned my respect as a fighter, not as a person. He'll never, ever get my respect as a person. He earned my respect as a fighter when he fought Volkov because Volkov is a high-level guy. He looked decent in that fight. His athleticism is going to carry him a long way. However, um, I don't know why he's that big of a favorite here. We have seen a limited size of Jorgen and Castro. I understand that. But if you watch him on the Contender Series fight, his movement, his leg kicks were brutal. He's a smaller, shorter, stouter guy. I think he's going to kick Greg Hardy's legs up. I think he's going to be too quick for him. And uh, he's got that big power because he knocked I me mean, slept Justin Taffa with one punch off his back foot. So I'm going you were going to cast her here. I'm going underdog. Um, this almost was my lock of the night, but I, I really do like, I really do believe in Cowboy. So I'm going to go with, um, Jordan Castro as the underdog here. Good, good underdog play. Um, and I like that as the, the underdog pick there. Dev, big boys. So how long have I been talking about this matchup with you, man? <laughs> supposed to happen in Columbus with me fucking front row, but fuck you, coronavirus. <laughs> Like months before they even got matched up, I was like, they need to match Jorgen DeCastro and Greg Hardy. Yeah. Um, I think that Jorgen DeCastro is probably the harder puncher because he's more technical. He's got more technique. I think he's I think he's forced to fight in straighter lines and not throw a lot of looping shit. I think he's forced to throw straight punches because he's smaller, so he has to get on the inside. If you watch that fight with Justin Taffa, um, Taffa has big, big power, and he and and Jorgen DeCastro got hit. He didn't get yeah. rocked by it, but he felt the power. Mm -hmm. And instead of circling out, he used his fight IQ. You know, just planted his feet and just perfect timing. Yep. Jorgen DeCastro's got great timing. He's got big power in the hands. He's got big power in his leg kicks. I think um, I think Greg Hardy's definitely the bigger guy. He's one of the biggest you know heavyweights in the division. Um, tall. He's like tall. He, yeah. He's tall, he's yeah. big, he's jack. He's his profile picture that, you know, that everybody uses and shit doesn't you see him and he's a big dude. Yeah. Like he's like Greg Hardy's a big dude. He's got big reach. He's got he's got big wide shoulders. He's a really big dude, but I just think Jorgen Castro is I think he's more dangerous than Volkov as far as power and willingness to trade in the pocket. Yeah. Volkov will point fight you and circle out and stick a jab in your face all night. Um, and then if you slip and he stings you with something, that's when he'll take advantage. I think Jorgen DeCastro is a smaller guy, and he has to hit you with big power. He can't afford to pot shot. He can't afford to put a jab in your face. 
He has to exchange with you. He has to rely on his big power because he's not a big, tall dude. He has to he has to get in the pocket. Um, and when you're a heavyweight fighter fighting in the pocket, you know, you can get Shit put happens. to sleep. Shit happens. You know, like you could get put to sleep or you could put someone to sleep. I think Jorgen DeCastro has the better fight IQ. I think that he – Greg Hardy has come over from another sport. Jorgen DeCastro is an MMA fighter. It's all he does. It's all he knows. Um, and I think this is going to be the hardest test for Greg Hardy. If Greg Hardy wins this fight, if he stops Jorgen, um, I will I will have even more respect for him. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say something way cooler. Like, I'll get a no. – I'll shave my head or my beard or something. Sure. Just, no. just respect for him. <laughs> He's a piece of shit, but yeah. I'll have a lot more respect for him as a fighter if he beats right. Jorgen DeCastro. I mean, DeCastro listen, because. You respect yeah, him no, as a, no, no. I'll never respect him as a person, but as a fighter, at this point, the sacrifices he's making, I get it. Um, do I think he's the most talented guy in the world? No. Do I think he should be on the main card? Probably not. But if Jorgen knocks him out quickly, then yeah, he should be on the main card because I think that's what people want to see. Yeah. Guys, like casuals who are big football fans go, oh, what do you think about Greg Hardy? When they ask me that, I tell them my opinion about it, but they're interested in watching him fight. Because he was a fucking pro bowler. He's a fucking all, you know, he's an all-star in the NFL. He just has got caught up with a lot of problems. So people want to see him fight and they want to see him lose. Like MMA purists like me want to see him lose. Because I hate when people think they can go, oh, well, I was elite in this sport. Let me just hop over to this sport. Because that's not how it fucking works. I think if Greg Hardy wins this fight and Jarzino Rosenstrike loses, I bet you they put him against each other. Big fight. Wouldn't hate that fight. I, I, I wouldn't either. Um, I really wouldn't. If he if he does um, if he does take out Jorgen and it's vicious, I think. Um, I think I think you're right onto that. Or I think the winner Walt Harris and Overeem too. I think Overeem Greg Hardy be very interesting if Overeem very. gets past Walt Harris, which I don't think he will. Spoiler alert. I would love to see Walt Harris just put a put a you know put a whooping on Greg Hardy. Used, the whole they thing. Used, looked- they used to train together, him and Overeem. That's we'll we'll talk about a different podcast. So you're picking Jorgen, right? If, I'm if picking Jorgen, hundred percent. Right? Oh, hang on. I'm high on Jorgen. I, 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 I think he's, you know, I think he's great. And I, I, yeah, I just like the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a talented guy. I was, wasn't impressed with many fighters from uh, the contender series this, this past summer, but uh, he was one of the bright spots. All right. Next up, Jeremy Stevens minus, or excuse me, plus 190 versus Calvin Cade minus three, uh, 250. Huge favorite here. Boston versus San Diego, Iowa. Devin. You lead the dance here. Who do you like here? Do you like the? Do you basically like the old dog who's still young, but he's got like thirty something UFC fights, or do you like Calvin Cade? I'm going Calvin Cater. Um, I like Calvin Cater. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's probably got the best boxing at 145. Um, he's really crisp. He has good power. He's got good cardio. Um, it kind of takes him a little bit to get going. Like in the Zabit fight, um, Zabit starts hard and fast, and you know. Zabit's a machine in that first, you know, in those first two rounds. Um, I think Calvin Cater doesn't start that fast, but I think Jeremy Stevens will force him to do that because Jeremy Stevens is going to come in there and try to take your head off. I think Calvin Cater is just a better version of Jeremy Stevens. I think that Calvin Cater has equal power, maybe a slight bit less power, but I think he's way more technical than Jeremy Stevens. I think he can bait Jeremy Stevens into missing, and I think he can make him pay for it. Um, I don't love the line, though. I think it should be a little bit closer. Um, Jeremy Stevens has definitely fought the better of opponents. Um, I, you know, there's and he's got wins like you know the Josh Emmett win. Like that's an impressive win to me. Josh Emmett is is a, is a fucking killer. 
Um, so you can't so you can't ever you can't ever count out Jeremy Stevens because he has the power to knock anyone out at that at that weight class. But I just think Calvin Cater is the new blood. I think he's just more technical everywhere than Jeremy Stevens, and I think that is going to make Jeremy Stevens get into trouble. Um, you know, you saw Jose Aldo out technique him, hurt him to the body. Um, I just think you know Calvin Cater can do the same thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I mean, I, I think I think you you hit the nail on the head. I've, I think I, you can compare these guys. I like Cater. I think Cater's going to win. I think Cater five rounds beats Sabib. I think there's a lot of fights out there for Cater. Stevens, he's only 33. He's had 30 something fights. He's getting he's getting he's evolving, but not to the rate of these young guys. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up. But he's still competitive. He has been hurt to his body his last couple of fights. Yeah, yeah, Robert, you guys almost put him out of the body shot. Joe Zaldo did put him out of the body shot. That's going to be something you got to watch for in this fight because Calvin Cater has great boxing. Um, I like Cater. I like him all the way. He's going to be my lock of the night overall. You said you didn't like the line. He is a little high for me, but I actually love the line because I'm so confident in this fight. If a gun was my head right now and they said you got to pick one winner from this card, who would it be? It's going to be Calvin Cater. I'm that confident in him. Um, so I'm surprised the line is what it is. 250 is a little pricey because Jeremy Stevens has fought everyone um and he's and he's got that power so he can fucking put your lights out whenever you want it but i think i'm really high on cater i think that i think the kid's a star i think he's a star out of boston all right next up you get the big boys a fight that i was supposed to watch live in columbus it hurts even talking about it francis agani minus 280 favorite versus jerezino rosenstruck who is a plus 220 underdog oh uh i lead the dance here with these big boys i you know listen i um I went back and forth on this fight, oddly enough. I started to buy into the um, Francis hype because that's all we've been seeing is pictures of Francis fucking shirtless working out, covered in sweat, all that shit. Um, and he's a freak. He's a, he's a freak of nature. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. But I started kind of questioning myself, like, is this to do the real deal? Because he laid an egg against Derek Lewis. He got dominated by Stipe. He wasn't ready for Stipe yet. But is he the real deal? He's a freak, right? He's in his late 30s now. I know he started MMA late. I think he's like 35, 36. I, I don't know what his actual age is. Uh, he looks 35, 36. What, what is he? Uh, 33. He's the same age as me. Get the fuck out of here. There's no way he's the same age as me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, Rosenstruck, I went back and watched some of his fights as well, and I haven't been overly impressed. Like, Alan Crowder, great. He knocked him out in a couple seconds. Who gives a shit, right? The Overeem fight, he was losing. He was going to lose that fight. Uh, he was outmatched. He gassed a little bit. His, it, you know, he comes from a kickboxing uh, background. His kickboxing didn't look super sharp. I know Overeem didn't, like, make it the easiest fight for him. And then that one punch in the final round, split fucking Overeem lip, and he got the win. Um, Naganya, I think, is, is, is possibly at the point of being overtrained because he's been training for, like, 16 weeks for this fucking fight but i think he's with the pi in vegas i think they're doing things smart with them i think they're tapering them off i'm praying that this is going to be another Derek lewis fight because this has such potential to one of these dudes going to fucking sleep big heavy-handed um mountain of men who are both have striking backgrounds i i think all the all the positives way on Naganyu's side i don't love the huge number i probably won't bet the fight but i'm gonna go with Naganyu. uh obviously i think by knockout i think it's the only way you can win yeah, I you know I, I agree with you on that. Can you run that line by me one more time? Minus two eighty for Naganyu and a plus two twenty for uh, Rosenstruck. So you could you could go both ways with how that Overeem fight went for Rosenstruck. Um, because what would have happened if he would have fought that same fight against Nganu instead of just trying to stand and trade with him? He Overeem fought Nganu kind of earlier into his Nganu's career before. Mm-hmm. 
he made a big name off of that knockout against Overeem. And I think Overeem didn't respect that. And I think Overeem thought he could trade with him. I think that's a big factor on why they both had very different fights with Overeem because Overeem, at this point in his career, knew he had to fight Rosenstrike differently. I think if Francis and I think if Francis and Overeem fought again, Francis would probably win again. But I think Overeem's tactic would be very different. So that's something that you have to think about. And then another thing you could take away from the Rosenstrike and Overeem fight, Rosenstrike was definitely losing that fight, but he carries big power all the way into the end. And Francis gasses. What happens if you can take Francis' power? Um, Curtis Blades is like the worst matchup in that division for Francis, but Francis just fucking catches him every time, you know? Can, <laughs> so it's, can it's, Biggie boy Jerry Zinarosa, can he take can the he, power, though? Can, you know, he, can take he take it? It's the qu- Stipe took the power, dude. Yeah. Stipe took it flush. Stipe is a, he's the baddest man on the planet, um, and that's for a fucking reason. He could take it. Um, I... I'm going to pick Francis, but in a weird way, I kind of want to see Arsenio Rosenstrike win because I think the name that he can get off of someone like Francis is even bigger than what Francis is right now. I think it'd be just cool and it'd shake the division up, and I like to watch the world burn. I'm going to pick yeah, Francis. Um, I think Francis is the better striker. Jarzinho may be more technical, but I think Francis t- carries more power. Um but I think Rosenstrike might have the better gas tank. You don't see Francis in many long fights. His only long fight is Stipe. And, you know, after the first round, his, he was done. He was, you know, he was completely done. So I'm, I'm, this fight I'm very curious about because it could definitely go one of two ways. It could go Francis early knockout or, you know, Jarzinho maybe making Francis gas a little bit and catching him later on in the fight. They both carry big power and they could, you know, it could be a double knockout in the first 30 seconds. Like they both, they can both finish each other immediately. Right. Um, I'm probably the most, um, this is one of my most excited fights. I yeah. think Greg Hardy and Jorgen DeCastro is my actual number one most excited fight for on this card. But You're I think, crazy. um, You're a crazy person. That's your number one most see, exciting fight. I, I really want to see, um, Jorgen DeCastro just fucking flatline. Right. Greg Hardy. But if he doesn't though, well, if the reverse happens, I mean, then your fight is your worst fucking nightmare. Let me let me hit this stat with you. I, I looked up Jerzino Rosenstruck's kickboxing record, right? So he's got 70, uh, 76 wounds with eight losses and one draw. So the guy's been around, right? He's only been finished in kickboxing twice. He got knocked out by, uh, I'm not even going to pronounce that guy's name, back in May 2012. And then he got KO'd by a Brazilian, Ricardo Seneca, uh, in March 2011. Obviously, early on in his his kickboxing career, and then he just went on a fucking tear. So, literally, yeah. over eighty fights, and you've been knocked out twice. He's undefeated in MMA, so that's pretty impressive. I didn't know his actual kickboxing record. That's but, yeah, that's but if you're a heavyweight fighter and you've only been knocked out fucking twice, and he called for this fight, he wants fucking Nagani. He's called him out like twice after his last two fights. It's gonna be a cracker. I'm really, really excited for this fight. I'm, I'm fucking pumped up. I was gonna watch it yeah, live I'm st- and I'm stoked. Watch the fucking ring shake. All right, we gotta move on. We got two good fights. Hang on, my uh, beautiful daughter just walked in the room. Yes, you gotta get your toys. <laughs> She's getting her toys that she left in here. Hey, Winnie, you gotta get your toys, huh? Winnie, who's gonna win, Henry Cejudo or Dominic Cruz? What did she say? Austin. Okay, she said Austin's gonna win. Okay. Well, thank you, Winnie. Get toy guy. Go on. 
and your I, I listen to your jelly bean eating thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She loves she. She's terrified of Austin, and then the minute he leaves, he's like. She's like, where's Austin at? FaceTime Austin. I was like, when he was here, you were fucking terrified of him. All right. We got a co-main event to talk about. She got her Barbies. We're all good. Henry Cejudo, the king of cringe. He is a minus 250 favorite. He is the champion, 135-pound champ. He is fighting Dominic Cruz coming off a three-and-a-half, four-year layoff, plus 195 underdog. Devin, you lead the dance. I'll give you an option. Do you want to lead on this one or do you want to lead on the main event? I'll let, we can switch if you want. Which one do you want to go with? <sighs> They're both equally important, yeah. Divisionally, um, they're both really two important fights, and they could they could switch places. You know, um, I you can go. Uh, I'll go first with this one. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. So, um, outside of Henry's cringe thing, like, he's a really fucking good fighter. Um, he's really quick. He's got big power. Um, Dominic Cruz has got great 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 movement um he's got great movement great fight iq he's kind of lacking in the power department he's that, got that one like ground and pound against uh, mizugaki that one finish that all of a sudden is very important <laughs> everybody talks about it well yeah um, you gotta hype him up he doesn't have many highlights bro you know um i also think that he's not as great as everybody thinks he is i think that the I think that a lot of the top bantamweights um, could hurt him. I don't think – I think his movement and, you know, his his trickery and his fight IQ served him well for the last generation of guys. But I think that you look at guys like Petra Young, Aljamain Sterling, Mar, you know, Marlon, Marlon Marais, like do you think that that footwork is going to work on those guys? You saw what happened, you know, I don't know. It's – Henry doesn't have the same footwork. He's Henry moves in and out straight back and forth very fast. He doesn't move. He doesn't have many other movements. I think Henry's a stronger guy. I think Henry's got more power. I think he's going to be the fastest fighter. Garbrandt, um, Garbrandt has great footwork, but he had speed. Um, and I think, I think Henry's faster and better than Garbrandt everywhere outside of the footwork. Um, I think Dominic can win this fight. I think that he can only win by decision. I don't think he can hurt Henry. Henry took the best shots from the hardest puncher, the hardest stri- all-around striker in that division, took him, wore him, and and fought back. I think Henry has good cardio. I think Henry's a better wrestler. I think he's a more powerful striker. I think Henry's fighting style will will be better for him in this type of fight than other fighters. I think Henry can move forward and really, really pressure if Dominic. This doesn't end with you picking Cejudo. I don't know yeah. what's going on. It, I, it's going to be Henry, and I, I just okay. I think Henry's going to do. I think Henry can just do everything that that's not going to be great for Dom. I don't think Dom. I don't think Dom's footwork and and his trickery and his and his fight IQ is gonna is gonna benefit him in this fight. I just think Henry can apply too much pressure and not worry about what's coming back to him. I, you know, in the in the Marlon Marais fight, Henry had to be smart when he when he went to attack, when he wanted to apply pressure. I think he can just do that from the jump on Dominic. I don't think Dominic has enough firepower to make Henry respect him. Yeah, uh, this is a tough fight. Um, I'm going back and forth. Cruz, I love watching him fight. I hate him in the broadcast booth, but I love watching him fight. I think he's one of the most intelligent fighters there is. I think he's evolving. I do. I disagree with you. I do think his footwork is going to work on these on these. Uh, 
new generation of fighters. I think he matches up really well with with all the guys you named. Uh, maybe Sanhagen's the only one because Sanhagen's length, and Sanhagen kind of has that movement as well. Cejudo is going to be the fastest guy he's ever fought. Uh, maybe not named Demetrius Johnson because um, Dominic did fight Demetrius, but he's also going to be the best wrestler he's ever fought. Now, Suhudo doesn't really like to use his wrestling all that much. He usually ends rounds on it. He's not going to be able to hold Dom down. I think he'll be able to finish combination, take him down. The one reservation I had on this fight was Suhudo already trained for a guy similar to Dom, and that's TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw basically copied Dom's style with a little more power and a little more head kicks, but it was basically the same style, and Suhudo went right after Dillashaw, and we all know how that happened. I don't think it's going to be that easy with Dom Cruz. I think Dom Cruz is a motivated guy. I think this is almost a perfect story. The Bantamweight goat. I don't care what you say. He's the goat at Bantamweight until proven otherwise. And he's been off forever. The injuries. Everyone knows his mind. Everyone talks about his IQ. A lot of people, a lot of fans that are coming in this world don't know Dominic Cruz. They know him from his fucking loss to Cody Garbrandt, which, again, was one of the best performances I've ever seen by a fighter named you know Cody Garbrandt was unreal in that fight. Dom showed tremendous heart. But when I look at Dom Cruz in a hole, I saw pictures of him training. He looks big, right? He's going to be much bigger than Henry. Henry's going to have a speed thing. When Dom is the bigger guy, a la Faber, a la Benavidez, a la Demetrius Johnson, he's like a bulldozer in there. He fights a little different than he did against Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt tagged him in that fight early and kind of made Dom throw off his game. They were throwing heavy uh, heavy haymakers. Dom got cut. Now, Cejudo could do that. I don't think Cejudo's boxing is as clean as Cody Garbrandt's. I think he does hit hard. I think Cejudo's also feeling himself a little too much on this. I think he's the king of cringe. He's really worried about that. Triple C, he gave up the 125-pound belt technically, so really he's the only one-time champion. And when it comes down to it, I like the number next to Dom Cruz's name. I'm going Dom Cruz as an underdog here. I think the only way Cruz is going to win is the decision. If you're going to a decision with Dom Cruz, you better fucking pray that we don't have incompetent judges. It's in Florida. I don't really know about Florida judges. They don't do a ton of events in Florida. Um, UFC, that is. But I like Dom Cruz all the way in this fight. I think he's going to be a very, very close fight. I think it's going to be interesting. I just think Henry's going to have a little bit of a problem with that footwork later in the fight. They both have gas tanks for days. Um, No one's going to sleep here. Henry could easily finish Dominic Cruz, even though he's never been finished before, um, just because he's the guy who's been off for for a long time. But Henry's also coming back from pretty massive shoulder surgeries as well, as long as career layoff in his career. So I like Dom Cruz. Because of the number next to his name, I'm very confident in that pick. I like his underdog. Plus 195. Probably going to go down. I did I did see Kenny Florian pick Dom Cruz. I saw some other people pick Dom Cruz. Um, that's probably going to go down. So you're probably looking at a plus 180, plus 175 uh, at your book. But I like Dom Cruz big time in that fight. I think it's going to be a banger. I love that fight. It's way better than the auto fight. That's for sure. What, is it, what does it mean for their careers too? Because like, if Henry beats Dom... He, look at who he's fought and beat and then if dom beats henry look at who like it's equally meaningful if i was dom I, I know he's young and i know he's competitive and everything like that he has a career outside of fighting if you Run. take four years off you come back and you beat henry Cejudo, put on performance of your life leave quit Fucking i mean run. retire run you know what i mean um i don't think he'll do that because he's 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 young enough but he's so brittle because i mean if you don't think he's gonna get another injury it's gonna happen how old is dom cruz 35 so he's kind of in his prime if you think about it take away all the injuries because he's been out for four years then before that yeah. he was out for three years and before that he was out for two years so a lot of time has been taken from him so his physically he's in his prime michael chandler went on a podcast and said that he encouraged dom cruz to lift more weights so he won't be as fragile. And Dom looks it. Dom looks pretty fucking ripped up. And I, I'm going to be really surprised. 
maybe come weigh-ins or when he walks in that cage. He's going to look beefy. Uh, Cejudo took a picture shirtless recently, was on the rounds on Twitter. He looks fucking jacked. But I think Don Cruz is going to look really fucking good in this fight. I think it's going to be a tough, tough fight for both guys. I think it is. I mean, because Cejudo's a gamer. Cejudo doesn't quit. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I mean, he beat Demetrius Johnson. I mean, that's all you got to say in, in, in a very, very competitive fight. You know, yeah, this is this is this is a, a really hard fight to pick because you you could, you know, Dom does have, you know, he can set traps. He's he's very he's very tricky. He's got a very good fight IQ. He can make Henry miss and make him pay. Um, you know, it's just, it's, this is a hard fight for me to pick. I, if Dom does win, I really hope he just takes, takes the money and runs. Yeah. I really hope he doesn't do like what Bisbing did. And, you know, I mean, to fight GSP, that's a great thing, but I, you know, there's, there's no big names at 145 or 135 that are going to do something that are going to do numbers like the GSP fight and pay like the GSP fight. Dominic, if he wins, I don't think he should defend. I think he should just give it up and run. When I was on that media call yesterday, my question was going to be for Dom was going to be, if you win this fight, I know you're not, you don't want to look past Henry, but if you win, are you looking at Petrion, Aljamain Sterling, Corden Sagan? Because you got a fucking murderer's row. I wonder if that yeah. excites him or if he knows, like, if I go and do what I'm doing with fucking my feet, he has plantar fasciitis on both his feet, his knees are shot, both knees are gone, his groins have gone, his shoulder just went. Um, I mean, listen to me, it's only so many surgeries where you can, you know, get strung together like that. All right, main event time. We got to talk about the main event and what a main event it is. Tony fucking Ferguson versus Judson Gaethje. A dream fight. I think on paper could be better. Khabib and Tony has a better story, but Tony Justin could theoretically be a better fight. Tony Ferguson's a minus 190 favorite. Justin Gaethje is a plus 155 underdog. I go first here. Um, I was, I was hoping you went first because I want to, I want to go opposite of you because I'm really, really torn on this fight. Both ways I look at it. Um, I, I, I'm just, I think Gaethje matches up well with Tony with the leg kicks. Tony, uh, doesn't check leg kicks all that well. He's very aggressive. He comes forward. He wears guys down. He obviously can do that with Justin because Justin talks about how, even though he got a couple more weeks for this camp, it's only been a six week camp. He doesn't know if he can get his body ready for the way he fights. Uh, Gaethje has really underrated leg kicks. Tony's a dog. He's going to come after. He's going to cut you. He's going to slice you with the elbows. But everyone keeps hyping up Tony Ferguson. He can take this. He can take this punishment. He can give it out. He can do all these things. But he's 36. And eventually these guys that can take the punishment no longer can. Dan Henderson was a guy who had a chin for years. For years could take the best of shots. And all of a sudden one day it went out of way. And then you got like guys like Chuck Liddell who just shows up. Now, I don't think Tony Ferguson is in that department yet because those guys were in their 40s. But all the talk about how tough Tony Ferguson, and he is 100% tough, he gets dropped in a lot of his fights. I think if fucking Gaethje lands a shot on him, it's over. He can fucking knock out Tony without without question. I think that can happen. But then I look at the thing about Tony's cardio is just a freak, right? His mental toughness. The fight gets to the ground. I can see Gaethje getting submitted. We don't see Gaethje a lot on the ground. Gaethje comes out and says, I don't wrestle because I get tired, right? Tony Ferguson has been training wrestling, getting ready for Khabib. He's a wrestler himself. He could be just turning this, flipping on its head and be like, I'm not going to fucking bang this guy. I'm going to take this guy to the ground and fucking take his neck, right? Because Tony Ferguson's got great submissions. He's great off his back, controls everybody on the ground, you know, And but you look at fights like the Kevin Lee fight. Early on in that Kevin Lee fight, Tony Ferguson didn't look great. Tony Ferguson was on the verge of losing. He got mounted and was getting punched on by Kevin Lee, but Tony's fucking Tony. He got out of it and eventually submitted him off his back. Um, so I'm really, really torn on this fight. 
Uh, I'm going to go Justin Gaethje. I think Justin Gaethje is going to get it done. When this fight got announced, my initial gut reaction was Justin Gaethje. I have flip-flopped back and forth. I have a buddy in Hawaii. Him and I just made a bet. Uh, he's a big Tony Ferguson fan. I can't welch on that. I can't go an opposite way. Even though I am, I do like Tony Ferguson, I'm going to go Gaethje, though, with the underdog pick here. I'm going to go Gaethje probably by finish. I know that sounds wild, but I think he can catch Tony. Tony's been in so many wars that I think eventually, I know he's not human, I know he's fucking crazy, but eventually those wars are going to catch up to him, and I think this might be the fight. Another thing, too, that you got to take into consideration is Tony just cut weight at his house like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and now he's doing it all over again. Yep. And he's a big dude, and he's not young to cut weight like that. Right. Um, and on the conference call, he said it was – he's like, it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm a wrestler. I make weight. And then he said, but I'll be honest with you, it was fucking hard because I didn't have my nutritionist there. And I saw the picture of him off the scale. He looked really bad. Looked like he, he didn't look great. Right. He looked like he was standing on a street corner with a cup. Asking for change, yeah, like he looked look like shit. Look um, he didn't look good at all. I, you know, and I agree with you. Um, you can play the underdog jingle because I'm picking Gagey as well. Underdog. I knew I, I had a feeling you were gonna do it, and that's why I want you to go first. Because if you would have went first, I might have went opposite and went Tony Ferguson. But I truly, in my heart, in my brain, I think Tony, or excuse me, I think Justin Gagey's gonna win. You just have well, and then another thing too that I was looking at both their records. Who has Tony fought? Besides Cowboy, that's in the top five right now. Right. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Tony has built a record on on great fighters. He's got a great record. He's got a great winning streak. But Justin Gaethje, win or lose, he's had the he's had the harder fights more recently with the higher competition. Look at his Eddie Alvarez fight. He had Eddie Alvarez in in, a, in just as much trouble as he was in. He had Dustin Poirier in trouble, even though he got finished in that fight as well. And then you look at all of his more recent fights. You know he's 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 got a, a different style. He wants to use a little bit more head movement, and I think that his new style of fighting will actually allow him to to hit with more power and carry more power because he's not as gassed. I think Tony Ferguson's got bad knees. I think Justin Gaethje is the hardest leg kicker in that division. I think he's the hardest leg kicker in the UFC outside of heavyweights and shit. Um, I think Justin Gaethje can tear up Tony. I think he can hurt Tony on the feet. Tony Ferguson is the most dangerous guy in that division off of his back outside of Charles Oliveira. And yeah. I would still say Tony is more dangerous. I think that Justin Gaethje is not going to. The only way Tony's going to end up on his back is if Justin Gaethje hurts him. Right. And I think that Justin Gaethje is fighting with more. Justin Gaethje has fight IQ. Just because he fights without it doesn't mean he doesn't have it. Because if he has the mentality to know what he's doing, he knows he, in those, in all of his previous fights, like his WSFO fights and shit like that, he knew what he was doing. He he's willing to take one to give one, and he's at the point in his career where he knows he shouldn't do that anymore. So just having that mindset gives him the fight. I I believe he does have a higher fight IQ than what he shows in his fights. You can show that, you know, re recently. I think that this fight should Tony should fight Khabib, but when you really really look at their records, I really think that this fight should happen because whoever wins this really definitely deserves to fight Khabib. Right. You can make a you can make a weird argument and say that Tony doesn't if you really look at who he's fought. He hasn't really beat anyone in the top five. He doesn't have a fight against Poirier. He doesn't have a fight against Dan Hooker. He doesn't have a fight against Paul Felder. Or like he doesn't have a fight against any of those guys. So I, I really I really think that this fight is make it or break it for both of them. Um I think Gaethje's gonna take this fight. I think it's just a bad matchup for Tony Ferguson. I think Gaethje's the hardest puncher at one fifty five. And Tony gets hit in every fight. Yep. And I, I, I think clipping. that like, – I just think Gaethje's going to chew his legs up, hurt him on the feet, knock him down, 
And instead of getting on top of him and trying to finish him and putting himself in a bad situation, I think Gaethje let him stand back up, kick him in the legs again, and then hurt, hurt him again to the head. Right. I mean, Gaethje's I, I, had a murderer's row murderer's minus row. James Vick since entering the UFC. I mean, I know he's lost to Alvarez and Poirier, but he's winning those fights. He got caught. It can happen. But, I mean, murderers row. So you got to look at that. A lot of people, when I heard him breaking down this fight and they went Tony, they used that against Justin. Well, he's fought the big fights a la Alvarez and Poirier, and he lost. Um, that's a good argument, right? But I think of it as, well, he's fought those guys. He's got those out of his way, right? He's, he's battle-tested. Right, he's 4-2 in the UFC. I think he's going to come out. I think he knows he only has 20 minutes. He knows he probably doesn't have a full five. He's got to go in there and get Tony out early. I think he's one of those guys like, listen, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do what I do. If I can't get it done, I'm going to go out. Either choked out, knocked out, whatever. Um, and I'm going to have a take. I, I sat on this take for a little bit. But if Tony wins, him and the Khabib fight, if it ever fucking happens, becomes the biggest fight in UFC history, right? Because Tony has now got that huge signature win over a very, very dangerous Gaethje, and now they're going to make it for the sixth time, and Khabib's an unstoppable force, all that shit, right? But if Gaethje wins, I think Gaethje and Khabib might not, won't be as big as Tony and Khabib, but... I think it'll be a better fight. I think Gaethje matches up better because I think Tony's takedown defense is weak. I think he's good off his back, but I think Khabib's too strong and too um, grappler-based, and he's always in the right position. I think Gaethje has good takedown defense, and he's a fucking wild man. So that's my take. I think Tony Khabib, if we make it happen, if Tony wins, biggest fight ever. But if Justin wins and fucks up the Tony Khabib thing, and Justin and Khabib fight, it won't be as hyped up, but I think it'll be a better fight. I think every fight that Justin Gaethje is going to be in is going to be the better fight. <laughs> but I, but, but Justin Gaethje is a nightmare for everyone in that division. Like he could, they could book him against Poirier tomorrow, and he could fucking knock out Dustin Poirier. Yeah. He could go, he could hurt Khabib. But Khabib's been hit. Like Dustin Poirier yeah. hit him. Um, Connor hit uh, him. He's been Connor um, kind of hit him. him. Um, Kai, hey, hey, Connor hit him. <laughs> uh, Michael Johnson did crack him good though. Michael Johnson hit him. Um, Michael Johnson is oh God, like with a ten and ten record. You know he hurt. He, he knocked, beat Ferguson. He, he beat Ferguson. He knocked and, out fucking Poirier, and he fucking lost to Gaethje. But he, but he hurt Gaethje. Yeah, he had Gaethje on Queer Street. He had yeah. Gaethje fucked up, and he just um, got knocked out by a forty-five or Josh Emmett like a year ago. So it's weird. It's Michael so Johnson, weird. I can't wrap my head around him. He's a weird fighter. I, he's such a good talent, but just. Like that's weird. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's, right. it's a fight game. It's a fight game. He just draws a short straw. You know. We're over an hour here. We could we could talk six more hours, but I already have my lock of the night. It's Calvin Cater. My underdog lock of the night is going to be uh, Cowboy Cerrone. My send him home. Send him home. It's gonna be early. Nico Price. So I'm gonna need all those from you, Devin. I'm gonna need your lock of the night. Absolute lock. Doesn't have to be an underdog. Then I'm gonna need your underdog lock of the night, and then your send him home of the night. Fuck, let me look at this real quick. These are always these are always Because so these are hard. extra points. These these this could be if you're very confident in a fucking pick, I would double down on it. You know what I mean? Because you could get double points in that. It's as a strategy. Much as I hate to say it, yeah, go ahead. It's gonna have to be Fabricio for the lock of the night. I hate to say it because I don't like the guy, okay. but um I'm ass backwards because I want Alexi to win. Um <laughs> you got to pick Fabrizio in that fight. And Under, then let um, me get your underdog I need, lock. I need an underdog lock. Um, I can tell you the underdogs you've picked. You've picked Michelle Waterson. You've picked um, Jorgen DeCastro. And you've picked um, Justin Gaethje as your underdogs. Um, 
Let's do it for Jorgen, man. Jorgen, I figured that's what you're going to Hold it down go. for me. Hold it down. And then my send him home. Um, yeah, hold on. John Hannick. Send him home. Send him home early. Rep John Hannick. Who's your send him home? So for send him home, is this like he's done? His career is over? Or is no, he no, no, no. This is he's he's <laughs> gonna fucking knock him out and send him home early. Hey judges, oh. go home early, eat some popcorn, don't need jigs. I'm fucking choking this dude out or knocking this dude out or girl if you're gonna go female. Oh man, um, God, this is tough. This is real tough. Uh, Ryan Span. Ryan Span. Okay. Yeah. Maybe send him home. All right. So if you get any of those right, you get an extra point. Send him home early, baby. All right. That's it. That's the card. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while. It feels like it's it's only been like two months. March 7th is what I, I have here, which has been literally, I think, two months to the day. Is today the 7th or today the 6th? Today's the 6th. Almost two fucking, almost two months to the day since we've, uh, well, that was the pay-per-view we picked. We probably picked two days before that. So can't wait for 249, man. This could be good. I'm, I'm looking to get another W on the record here, bub. I need this. They need to inject this straight into my veins. I need this badly. Um, we all do. I don't think I'm going to be able to sit. I'll probably be on the verge of, pan of a panic attack. I've watched these fights. Like these guys are my kids in a weird fucking way. I, right. you know, the guys that I like, I don't sit. I'm anxious. I shake. So, you know, this, it's been too long. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be back to it. And I'm so excited to watch this, man. That's <laughs> uh, a sport, baby. All right. Thanks, Dev. I will talk to you. Obviously, we'll text about it, but uh, we'll talk to you next week and we'll recap, all right? All right, man. And travel safe, dude. All right. See you, bud. Thanks for having me on. Take yeah. care. That was Dev Tejada. Good guy there. Uh, yeah, so we just picked the entire card. It was amazing. So check out us on Twitter, MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to see the YouTube pick of the week. The video will be up tomorrow. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's the show. And uh, I got to get out of here. It's late. Got to go to bed. See ya. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Come on, baby. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dalton.